you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to be ready for it. You don't have to have it make sense. If you want a new reality, you have to look outside of your box and your boundaries of what is possible and think beyond that. If you're going based off of what you know, you're going to keep creating more of what you know. Hello and welcome to the Lifestyle Upgrade Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Cielo, three-time entrepreneur, co-founder of Girls Net Worth, female transformation coach, business mentor, public speaker, and mama. It is my mission to help you realize your potential and upgrade your entire life. My past is one of gang involvement, abuse, and poverty, and I am firsthand proof that it doesn't matter where you come from, how you were raised, nor the decisions you have made in your past. You have the power to change your life. Each week, I'll bring a new episode that'll give you an insight on how I went from homegirl to CEO and the step-by-step blueprint on how to up-level into your next version. And I'm talking full lifestyle upgrades. If you're ready to overcome your past, elevate your relationships, and start using your story to create a ton of money, this is the show for you. Let the upgrades begin. Hey, what's up and welcome back to the Lifestyle Upgrade Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about how I made my move out of the ghetto and how I made my move into an affluent neighborhood and really the whole story behind it and how I truly manifested it. This isn't going to be the average story of I worked my ass off, I made it to the top of the corporate chain, blah blah blah. No, this is truly a story of your power when you are in alignment and when you're doing the inner work and when you are in tune with your potential. It's also just proof that if it's your time to do something, whether you feel ready or not, it's going to happen for you. The universe is going to slap you in the face or kick you off the cliff and be like, fly, bitch. (laughs) And that's truly what happened to me when I made this move. And no, I'm going to rephrase that. It didn't happen to me. It happened for me. And I hope this story inspires you and helps you realize that it doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be hard. You are capable of doing amazing things in this life without having to struggle, without having to work your ass off, or without having to kill yourself practically to do it. So I'm going to take you back to my journey starting January 2020, right before the pandemic hit, right before COVID and all this madness. So at this time in my life, I was living with my mom. I had moved back into my mom's house in mid-2019 after leaving the house that I own with my husband. That relationship just wasn't working out and I had decided to go back to my mom's house. And to me, that was a weird decision because I hadn't been living with my mom since the beginning of 2015. I was 20 years old at the time when I moved out. I had bought a house and really just kind of started, you know, like my family and everything. So going back to my mom's house was a weird decision, but I knew that that's what I needed to do at the time. It ended up working out just how it was supposed to. So anyways, beginning of 2020, I was living at my mom's house. I was really pretty deep, I guess, deep into the beginning stages of my healing journey, of my spiritual journey, my entrepreneur journey. And so I was listening to Gabby Bernstein's The Universe Has Your Back at the time, and I was driving home. This was like literally maybe the third day of 2020, January 3rd. And 
I was listening to the book and there was something, I don't know, though if you've read the book or listened to it, it's really good about like signs and the universe and how it truly has your back and how everything works out for you and just all of this magic. So I don't know exactly what was said in the book, but I remember I pulled up and I turned off the audiobook because I got to my destination and I got an email from a mentor that I really, really wanted to work with. She was on my vision board. This was the person that I knew was going to take me to my next level, but there was just absolutely absolutely no way I could afford at the time her one-on-one coaching was like nine thousand dollars for three months or something which to me now I'm like that's normal at this point where I invest in myself really big when I see the value of high-level coaching but at that point I just that was a huge amount of money and there was this program that she had out which was the six-month mastermind with two retreats included and all of this stuff and I really 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 wanted to be in it but the program was like $15,000 and that was just crazy to me. I just had never seen that amount of money or was able to invest that amount of money or anything like that. $15,000 was like more than half of my yearly income at the time. I had pulled up to my destination, turned it off, and I received an email because I was actually going to a retreat with her in Bali. So beginning of 2020, January, first week of February, I was actually, this was the biggest investment I made for myself at the time was a spiritual retreat in Bali, which was also all over my vision board. So that was happening. But because I was already in a program, she was, she sent us an email for all the girls going to Bali that she was offering a one spot partial scholarship for $5,000 off the program. And and I had this like spark, this, oh my goodness, I like, yes, it was a full body yes to me. My body lit up, I was so excited about it. And then that logic started going in like, I still can't afford that. How am I ever going to afford that? But instead of just being like, oh, still out of my budget, I decided to send the coach a email and I had told her look this is what happened I told her the whole um listening to the universe has your backstory and all of that and that I was really called to this but I just like I don't know how I could possibly make this work and she had told me your potential is limitless if you want to expand you'll find a way you'll always find a way and basically that's where I was on it sat with it I was excited and I was really pumped to find a way to make this happen for me because even though it didn't make logical sense even though it was maybe the irresponsible thing to do with my money at the time living in my mom's house and just like already making big payments on investments to go to Bali and you know having my son was like two years old at the time three years old and it was just I don't know but I knew something was there I knew it I knew my body said yes it was a full body yes to me so I sat with it and you know what I made it work (laughs) I actually had because I wanted to work with her I had looked for personal loans probably two weeks prior because I wanted to go into 2020 with working with a coach and doing all the things like 2020 was going to be my year of upgrades right so I had looked for a personal loan for her program and just two weeks prior Credit Karma told me, no, you can't be approved for anything. We can't offer you anything. So I kind of let it go. Maybe a couple days later, I was nudged to look again. So I pulled up my Credit Karma. I put the exact amount that I needed, which was like a five-figure investment for this program. And what do you know? I got approved for a loan. So I got super excited. And at this time, the program was like starting the next day. 
So I messaged her and I was like, oh my gosh, I think I may be able to do this. She's like, well, let me know. And I was sitting down meditating the next day, bright and early before I had work. And I was doing this manifestation, visualize what you want to manifest type of meditation, right? I kid you not, the second I opened my eyes, I got a text message simultaneously at the same time saying that I was approved for that loan. So I was so excited. The, I got in my car, I emailed her and told her, oh my gosh, I got it to work. My money's gonna come in within a week. Can I do this? And the first call was starting that day. I was driving to work and she's like, send me a deposit of what you can do and I'll get you in this program. You can jump on this call. I sent her over like a $100 deposit. That's what I had. And I was driving to work I stopped, turned around, went back home to jump on this first call because I was so excited. This program was so life-changing for me because one, this was the first time I really made a huge investment in myself. Now, going to Bali for the retreat and everything, that was a pretty big investment as well. But this was like three, four times that amount. So I was shook. Like I was shook. I was so excited. I made this happen for myself and I knew that I, it, it cost me a lot. I was going all in. And my intention in that was to change my life. I didn't know what it was going to mean, but I knew that it was going to change my life. A couple weeks later, at the end of January, I went to Bali. Bali was an amazing experience, by the way, but I went for a spiritual retreat. So yes, we did the touristy things and all of that, but this was a spiritual retreat. And I was really open, but that, again, my intention was to change my life. And we did a lot of manifestations in our meditation work and all of that in this retreat. And I remember I was trying to manifest $50,000 in my business at the time. That's what I wanted to manifest, but the universe had a different plan for me because what I kept visualizing was myself in an apartment holding my son going up the stairs to the third floor. I was like, ugh, like, <laughs> that's not, that doesn't seem juicy to me right now. I don't know. I don't feel like I want to move into an apartment. Like, yeah, that's on there, but that's not really like what feels good for me at the time. But it kept coming up for me. It kept coming up. I kept seeing myself in this apartment or like walking up to apartment on the third floor. It was very clear to me. So whatever, let that go. It just kept coming up for me. Now I'm going to go ahead and flash forward to March. I'm in this program still, back from Bali, the world shuts down. The world goes crazy, it's COVID, we're all freaking out. I was living with my mom at the time, as I mentioned. My mom has many chronic illnesses and is very, like, she has a very compromised immune system. At that time, it was like, uh, we were freaking out, right? Before we realized what this whole COVID thing was about. I truly did not leave the house for two months. I didn't even let my son go, like, see his dad because his dad was still working and it was a time that I really spent to focus on myself and to work on my business and it really took advantage of the time. But as you know, the whole unemployment thing was, they were having really great unemployment benefits for everybody. My company decided to keep us employed and pay us our salary, which sounds great, right? However, I was in the travel industry working a commission-based job. So my salary was cut into a fraction. Like, it, I was getting less than half of what I'm used to getting because they kept us on salary, but what about that commission? So, obviously, I didn't qualify for unemployment or anything like that because they kept us employed and were paying us. So, with that, I was making less money than I had ever made before. <laughs> I had no type of money coming in. Well, 
I don't want to say no type of money coming in, but to give you guys an idea, probably like $800 every two weeks. It was crazy. So $1,600 a month, right? I mean, it was fine. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't going out. I was living at home with my mom. Now let's do another quick fast forward to the beginning of May 2020. So six weeks, two months into this crazy pandemic thing. And I got kicked out of my house, my mom's house. So just to like fill in the gaps there, it was my mom. It was my grandpa. My grandpa owns the house that my mom lives in. And he had told me it was a Wednesday. And he had told me like, you need to leave this house and you need to be out by Friday in two days. And I was freaking the fuck out. I was so angry. I cried, yelled. Because leaving my house that I lived in with my husband was a huge step. It was a really, really big step and it was one of the hardest decisions that I had made. And there was just no way I was going back there. There was just no way. It's not that it was a horrible living situation or anything like that. I just, maybe you don't know this, but when you take a step to leave a relationship that you felt was toxic or abusive or whatever way or that you weren't thriving in, going back is just, it's just crazy. And so I'm a very private person and in my family, we just don't have a close relationship where we speak about this kind of stuff all the time. So for the first time ever, I had spoke out to my family and told them there was a domestic violence situation between me and my ex-husband before I left. Not right away, but I didn't leave right after that. But even though it wasn't necessarily a physical, uh, a physically abusive relationship all the time, there was an incident. And that made me realize like all of the other things that just weren't working for me right? I had told them, like, I'm, I'm not going back. I had spent the majority of the day of that Wednesday just crying. I couldn't get out of bed. I was crying. I just, I felt like my world was falling apart. I had nowhere to go. I thought I was gonna have to go back there, and it wasn't until later that, that evening that I got myself out of bed. I started looking at apartments. I put my son in his car seat, drove across town, picked up some food, went to the park, had a picnic, and I went to the park in a nice side of town not the side of town that i lived on with my mom not the side of town that i lived on with my husband not the side of town that i lived on the entire time that i lived in las vegas since i moved there but a really nice area the way not even as nice as the area that i actually ended up moving to but i sat there eating just sad to my son play you know doing the social distance play and all of that and i just looked around and the park was so much nicer in any park in my neighborhood and the apartments looked nice and the people were walking their dogs and healthy and all the things and i just this realization that I'm gonna move somewhere nice. I am not going to move back to the ghetto. I'm not going to stay in that area. This is my chance to reinvent myself. And earlier that year, it was actually in January because I remember pretty clearly, I went to a family dollar that was right down the street from my mom's house. And I walked in there and there was homeless people, which is the norm, in the parking lot. And then there was like this mom who was in the van waiting for her son to go out and when you go in there there was like a hold up when I was checking out to get some birthday candles and it was because that kid teenager or whatever was stealing and they go in there all the time to steal and the mom literally dropped them off so he can go steal and it was just like this ordeal and it sparked something in my body that I was like I am not available for this anymore like my next move is going to be out of the ghetto that was four months prior so once I'm sitting here and realizing oh my goodness I I don't know how it's going to work but I'm moving out of the ghetto within the next couple days that night I started looking at apartments I started looking everywhere I started having my friends help me and when I sat down and did my budget my budget for an apartment was like $500 guys like nothing that was my rent budget and there was 
literally nothing I can find. And when I was looking at things in the ghetto and, and stuff, like the apartment that I first moved out to, when I first moved out of my mom's house, I was like, this, this isn't it. This isn't it. And especially an apartment living with a young son, like, I don't want him to be around those kids that are playing in the parking lot that are, you know, like, barefoot, jumping on cars, always getting in trouble like that. No, I'm not, that's not okay for me. So I was looking, and because I was really deep in my spiritual journey at the time, I was, I really, I sat down and I prayed and I asked for guidance. I said, please guide me to the right place. Show me where I'm meant to be. So I found this apartment and it was beautiful. It was really expensive for my budget, right? What I thought was expensive at the time, but I know that I loved those apartments because my grandma lived in one not that same complex but one like it and was beautiful and this one happened to be in a more ideal neighborhood for me very residential and just a nicer neighborhood and it was actually for some reason a couple hundred dollars less than the ones that were available at the complex I was looking at but it was just way too far this was like 45 minutes away from my babe daddy's house and I know I'm gonna be having to go back and forth 30 minutes away from my mom's house so I'm like mm, this is a little bit too far for me too far for my comfort so no and I was just looking everywhere and then again I, before I went to bed I asked for guidance again and I woke up and the only place that was on my mind was that one that was too far probably the most expensive one I looked at so I played around with it it was like a scary thing but I called them I asked to see the apartment and I went to go see it later that day. I applied. It was an immediate yes. It was beautiful. It was everything I wanted. The neighborhood was gorgeous. Just driving there, I felt like rich. I felt abundant. I felt like this was my next level. However, the cost for that apartment to move in based off of like my income because, you know, I told you guys I was making $1,600 a month nothing opened again like I wasn't able to go back to work yet. This was in the middle of the fucking pandemic. So I, I just didn't qualify for it. So in order for me to be able to move into this apartment, it was going to cost me about $5,000. $5,000. Um, I definitely didn't have that anywhere to be found at all. And this was like upfront cost, $5,000. So my grandpa ended up talking to me for the first time since the day before, I guess, since he had told me that I needed to leave. And like I told him I was really upset I told him about the domestic violence situation I told him like I can't believe you're doing this to me I have nowhere to go it's the middle of the pandemic and all this stuff and my grandpa offered to pay my, my moving cost plus my first month rent my history with my grandpa is sometimes it's like hard for me to accept help or anything like that from him because when he, he's he's very well off but that's never affected how me and my family live we were still on public housing and this was something that was my ego was all in my grandpa just kicked me out of my house and there was like a part of me that wanted to do everything but myself and be like no you know just really have my ego all in it and not accept that help for being bitter and just angry and in the past that definitely would have been my case and my situation I wouldn't have accepted it however because I was so deep in this work at the time and I was really really honing in on me my spiritual journey I had got to the point where I knew that wherever the money comes from that's not its source my source and supply is the universe, is God, is infinite intelligence, whatever you want to call it. And God works through people and you need to let them in. You need to put your ego in out. You, you need to drop your walls and accept help when it comes. Because this isn't something normal. My grandpa isn't just like, let me pay all your bills for you. Here you go. No, that's, that's never how it's been. So I took it as this is everything working out for me. And I accepted the help and I moved in 
to an affluent neighborhood. I moved out of the ghetto for my very first time my entire life. My entire life. I've lived in the ghetto my entire life up until this point. I was 25 years old. Also, my apartment was on the third floor, just like I had visualized it in January. Although the apartment that I was kind of visualizing on the third floor was one that was actually on my vision board. And let me tell you, the one that was on my vision board and that I kind of like visualized myself in on the third floor looks like a dump compared to the place that I actually moved into. I can think that I know what I want, but I'm only thinking in the boxes. At that time, I was only thinking in the boxes of what I thought possible for me. So even though that place was an upgrade for me at the time, it was a nice neighborhood for me at the time because I, where I came from was whew, like the slums compared to that. But I just quantum leap. I, I completely skipped that step. I completely skipped that. This is a nicer neighborhood than before and went straight to the very top. So because of my situation with the finances and not qualifying, that $5,000 to move in was actually going to be a three-month rent payment upfront, plus like the deposits or whatever. So not only did I move into this amazing place, this gorgeous neighborhood, this gorgeous complex, I was the very first person to ever live in that apartment. It was brand new. It was available immediately. I actually moved in the next day, but I had my deposits paid for and I had my first three months of rent paid for upfront. So I didn't have to worry about anything for these months. It was truly a miracle. And let me tell you, it was a huge identity shift to live in the ghetto or to move from the ghetto to into this beautiful neighborhood right by my complex there's these beautiful trails and you just walk out and I remember walking through it and the first few times I was walking through I was just in awe gorgeous beautiful everything was nice wow right mind blown and I kept catching myself like oh on my side of town this would never on the east side this would never and I had to like I had to shift I had to calibrate to this being my new reality this is now my neighborhood. This is now my side of town. I got to make that shift. I got to make that shift, a whole identity shift from the ghetto to this. And I want to share this story with you not to be like, oh, Victoria just had it handed to her or anything like that because no, that's if you knew, you listened to my story. Did it ever sound like I had anything handed to me? Did it ever sound like because I had a family member that was able to give me that gift of money to move into this, that I had an easy life for everything handed to me with a silver spoon or that I grew up wealthy or anything like that? Absolutely not. That was never my reality at all. At all. But I share it to show you what's possible. I share it to show you that when you're in alignment, when you're doing the work, when you truly trust and believe that the universe has your back and that everything is going to work out for you and nothing happens to you, it happens for you everything will fall into place. You will go where you are meant to be and it won't make any logical sense. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to be ready for it. You don't have to have it make sense. If you want a new reality, you have to look outside of your box and your boundaries of what is possible and think beyond that. If you're going based off of what you know, you're going to keep creating more of what you know in those same boundaries. You have to step out of the boundaries. You have to create something new, something bigger, something exciting. You have to think of infinite potential and possibilities for your life. If I would have stuck to my budget, I would have been living in a little studio behind someone's ghetto-ass house, afraid to leave my house. <laughs> I'm probably not even afraid because to be honest, like I've never, I, that's, that's how I grew up. But just super uncomfortable and I knew that 
I didn't want that. I wanted to change the story for myself. I wanted to change the story for my son. I wanted and was worthy of and meant for more. And kind of just to tie in my mentorship at the time and that mastermind that I was in at the time, I was the only person in that mastermind that was not a six-figure to seven-figure earner. All of these women were making multiple six figures and some of them were millionaires in this mastermind, right? So at the time, I was in this mastermind and this happened and I went to them for advice because I could ask my friends. I can ask the people I know and they're just going to tell me, no, that's too much. This is where you should live. This is where you should stay. Oh, let's find something. I'm not going to take advice from people who aren't where I want to be. So I went to them and they all told me the same thing. Go for what's scary. Go for where you want to be. Go for what doesn't make sense. And the highest earner in there, the millionaire, she had told me, Victoria, you need to go for the place that you want. She had told me that before she was as as successful as she was, then she was looking for a place. She talked to her realtor and she gave all of her requirements of what she was looking for, right? And the place that they had given her was like this high rise in the middle of her city. And she laughed in their face and was like, there's no way I can afford this. She said that she ended up jumping and going for it. And within six months, she bought the condo cash. And there comes a point where we listen to all these books, we listen to these podcasts, we hire the mentors, and we do all the things. And now it's time to put it to action. So am I going to take the advice and do everything that I learned and, and you know, finally put it into place? Or am I just going to put that in the back of my head and, you know, maybe use it sometime? No, I did the scary thing and I listened to them. And it all worked out for me. And this is why I truly believe that your budgets are bullshit. Because you need to think outside of your quote-unquote budget, which you have right now. If you're making decisions with the money that you have in your bank account, you're always going to have that amount in your bank account. You need to stretch. Not even gonna lie, probably for the first nine months of me living there, I had no idea where my rent money was going to come from. But every single time it worked out it always worked out for me I always had it and I never cut down my spending at all if anything I added to it I have luxuries like a housekeeper I never had to cut out anything that felt good for me like you know getting my hair and nails done or my $150 gym membership or buying nice groceries or anything like that I never stopped traveling because I wasn't looking at how can I cut back I was looking at how can I make more how can I make this work I'm gonna flash forward now to when my lease was about to come up. I finally got comfortable paying that rent, right? And I flipped out in my head because looking at rent and how it had gone up in the year 15 months scared me because that same unit had was renting now for like $600 more than I had rented it for. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is gonna come up to, they're gonna raise my rent to way more than I'm able to pay. And I started like getting freaked out and went through this whole like drama in my head until I finally talked to my manager in the complex and they were able to raise it like not even $100 a month. So I was super happy I could afford it just fine. But I'm going to tell you something about this apartment that I moved into. It was a beautiful apartment, but it was 600 square feet and it was me with my now four and a half year old and I'm working from home. My desk is in my bedroom. Me and my son share a bed, a queen size bed, and the living room is his playroom, right? So it was it was getting tight. And this is a whole nother podcast, which I'm going to do an episode on it. But just three months after I had re-signed my lease, I had upgraded to the biggest size unit in that complex, the exact one that was on my vision board. And I'm going to talk to you guys about that 
a little bit later, but I had doubled my rent there. And as I mentioned, this will be a whole episode on its own, but I doubled my rent and said yes, and again, everything worked out perfectly. So the whole moral of this story is to trust the flow of life. Surrender to it. Nothing bad. There's no, there's no bad in this life. Kind of what we talked about last episode. It's all neutral. And even though I felt like my life was crumbling, I felt like that was the worst thing that could possibly happen to me, getting kicked out of my house. It was so divine. It happened so perfectly. And it was a pivotal moment in my story. It changed so much of my story. It changed so much of my son's story. And I'm never going backwards. So my hopes for you during this episode is that you got a couple things. One, that making massive moves doesn't necessarily mean more work for you. When you're working in alignment, when you're working on yourself, things just flow. Life gets to be easy. It doesn't have to be hard. And two, is that everything is always working for you. Everything always works out for you. Have that mantra. Everything is always working out for me. Nothing is happening to me. It's happening for me. And so it fucking is. That is a wrap. I hope you found this episode valuable. If you did, please take a screenshot, share it on your socials, send it to someone who needs to hear it, and of course, subscribe, rate, and review. You never know who needs to hear this message or what sticks and what gives someone the push that they need to upgrade their life. So thank you so much for sharing and thank you for listening. Until next time, keep upgrading.